Uh, so uh, uh, today we're going to be uh, talking with uh, Dr. Mark McIntyre. He's an emergency medicine resident in Houston, Texas, and um, just uh, looking to hear your experience in medicine, how you got there, um, what you love about it, the challenges, and also some of like the financial decisions and ramifications that uh, you might be dealing with now or that you see uh, yourself facing in the future. Uh, thanks for taking some time to talk with me today. Thanks for having me. Um, so you're in you're in Houston, right? Which uh, which program are you with? Uh, I go to Baylor College of Medicine uh, down here in Houston, uh, Texas. Okay, all right, cool. And um, are you you're uh, PGY two? Is that right? PGY two, yep. Okay, all right. And it's a so you're you've got like a year and a half left before you're done. Yes, yes. Uh, in general, EM programs typically come in two flavors, the three and the four years. Uh, my mine particularly is the three year. Okay. All right. Oh, nice. All right. Well, um, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about like who you are and like what brought you to medicine. Sure. Uh, so I have a pretty convoluted story. Um, I'd be considered a, a non-traditional student um, because I didn't come straight through from undergrad into medical school. Uh, but initially, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Uh, went into undergrad like everyone else, bio pre-med. Uh, somewhere along the way, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Switched over to psychi psychology, um, was doing Spanish for a little while. Um, ended up graduating with psychology and uh, a certificate in Spanish, uh, and then went into the workforce. So My son just popped up. <laughs> hey. hey, can you say hello? Bye-bye. Thank you for bringing me. <laughs> um, yeah, so went into the workforce, uh, and I was actually into the workforce for about four to five years mm -hmm. before, I, before I went to med school. And so I had a plethora of jobs. Um, oh. You know, from I was a teacher briefly. I, you know, I was doing, like, labor. I, I always talk about this a lot on my Twitter. Like, I used to do construction. Um, I was a medical assistant. Um Somewhere along the lines of that gap, I I stumbled across a postback program um, at a school called uh, Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland. Uh, got accepted into that program. Um, didn't know until I showed up that the program was paired with an MBA program as well. Uh, the thought was, you know, you have like, so the program was a master's in physio medical physiology. So the thought was you'd have like this science background and then you get your MBA as well. And then you can go down the street to Cleveland Clinic and become a healthcare administrator. Okay. Uh, these are for the people who, you know, got to the post back and decided, hey, I don't want to do medicine for whatever reason. So I was doing that and I actually got hired. Um, I actually got a job out of that um, working for a place called Medical Mutual um, Health Insurance uh, for a health insurance company in Ohio. Um, so it's actually the largest one. Uh, but at the same time, I had applied to med medical school. Um, so naturally, once I started working and getting into the swing of my job, I got into medical school. So I quit my job and then I went, went to medical school. Uh, and I ended up going to the Ohio State University College of Medicine in Columbus, Ohio, um, did my four years there. And then that's basically how I got into medicine. Um, but the truth be told, I always knew I wanted to be a doctor to some degree. Um, I just, you know, had the opportunity to try other things and saw like, you know, hey, I still like medicine. Um, I still want to do this. You know, I had, you know, five years in between. So I had a lot, a lot of time to think and decide. And I, I it was a very you know, informed decision for me to come back to medical school and, and start something like this. Mm. Mm. Very cool. What what type of manual labor did you do? So I did construction. Uh, and so my, I can tell you my specific job. 
So if you ever are driving on the highway and you see those lines on the highway, that's basically what we I was I was part of a team that did that. Really? So it was basically a convoy. So you have a pickup truck in the front with like a, a broom on the front. Uh-huh. So this would go down the street and more more or less sweep sweep stuff off the street. Then behind in the middle, you had this huge truck, and I forget what it's called. I just would call it a paint a paint truck, but it's basically a paint like a truck that paints the road. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm forgetting. There's another truck in between it. There's, so there's one that sweeps, and then there's one that um. Wait, sorry, sorry. Nope, it comes out to the truck. Okay, yeah. So there's a sweeper. Then you have the paint truck, and then the paint truck uh, has a bunch of components. So it takes multiple people to operate this truck. Um, there's someone who has to actually do the painting. There's someone who's driving, and then yeah. there's like a mixing component where you mix the paint with these little um. We call them beads, but they're like little glass pieces of glass that add the reflection onto the the paint. So it's like reflection mixed like with the paint. So the paint is reflective. Um, and so that comes through, that sprays the line. And then there's a, a truck that comes behind it that puts cones down uh-huh. so that no one drives in it. And then a mile behind that truck is another truck that comes and picks the cones up because it takes exactly one mile for the paint to dry. So it's like, it's like this whole convoy. <laughs> wow. Just yeah. a Wow. So drive yeah. real fast. That's, that's and cool. So my role is I could be at any point of that convoy. Um, typically I prefer to be what I call like the convoy. Um, basically I'd be in the very, very last truck hanging off the back of it, picking up the cones. And so the truck is driving. So as it's driving, I'm picking up. And so it's like, it's almost a rhythm. Um, I would hang on my left and go like this and I'm picking stack, 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 yeah. stack. And once they got big enough, I would take the stack, move it somewhere else in the truck, and then pick stack, stack, stack. And then every X miles, we'd have to stop and refill the paint truck up. And yeah. so they would pull a supply truck up that was just full of these 50-pound bags full of beads. Wow. Uh, yeah. And we'd form like a like a kind of like an assembly line, and we'd just pass the beads, load it up, and then and so that was just in a day. And so we would do miles and miles and miles of road every day. Uh, I was in Southern Ohio on, on the border of Ohio and West Virginia. So we'd go in and out between West Virginia and, hmm. and, do, and we're doing like country roads. This isn't, these aren't main highways. We're doing like back country roads that haven't been painted in, you know, 50 years, like those kind of things. Wow. Um, but the, basically the schedule was uh six to six, uh, you know, just like medicine, Huh. Uh, the guys that I worked with, um, they would always say, hey, anything after 12 hours, which was our day, um, was time and a half. You know, you get paid whatever your rate is, plus a half of that. Mm. So they always love to work over. Um, so regularly, I'm putting in 14, 15 hour days, even 16 hours days that we had enough sunlight during the, the summer because it, it's hard to do it at night. So we try to time it with the sunlight. Um, and, you know, you're out on the road. So you're living out of a Motel 6 from Monday to Friday you know, every single week for the summer. And then, you know, on the weekend, you get to go back to wherever your home city. I was At the time, I was based in Cleveland. So okay. I'd go back to Cleveland on the weekend. And then Monday morning at like 4 a.m., I would show up at the, the base. We'd drive down to Southern Ohio and then repeat. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was interesting life because, you know, some people, that's that's what they do. You know what I mean? That's that's They'll do that for the next 40 years. Uh, you know, and then this is good money. You got paid weekly. Um, you And rural Ohio, you could definitely raise a family off of it as, you know, so it wasn't a bad job. It just was, it just was hard because, you know, you're out, like I'm hanging off the back of a truck in the middle of summer, like under the direct sun, yeah. you know, or moving these beads, you know, like, it, so it's, it's, it's physical, it's physical labor, you know? 
you feel like that prepared you for the work you're doing now? Like oh, in, definitely. Like from like a stamina standpoint? Definitely, 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 definitely. Uh, it, it, it did in, in multiple ways. And I, I talked about this in my application. So one, um, I get a lot of these guys as patients. So, um, you know, I, I remember I had a guy who came in, he had somehow his hand got stuck in some kind of machine. And his very first question for me was not if you can save my hand, but when can I go back to work? Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and I, I've seen these guys like they, they have to do that work. You know, they, they need it. You know, it's like it's, you get paid by the week. And so for every day I don't show up, that's a day out of the check, Re regardless of the reason. You know, it doesn't matter if my hand got stuck in the machine. Mm -hmm. um, so it prepared me for that because I got to see, oh, you know, this is, you know, this is a lifestyle that I might not have been privy to had I had not done this job. Um, and in addition, obviously, like my stamina, uh, you know, and I don't by no means do I have the most stamina by, by compared to any resident. I would say I have average stamina, but, you know. I always like to think that, you know, when the days get tough in residency, I, I think back to those days and I'm like, eh, you know, I was able to make it through that, you know, that. So these days, you know, I could probably make it through this, you know, yeah. and it's just one day at a time, too. You know, I'm not thinking like, oh, you know, I can breeze through residency. No, it's just you just make sure you just get up and show up each day. That's it. And mm -hmm. you look up and then you're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to you got to find a way to like, I'm sure you have to find a way to. uh like manage the, you know, the physical side of it and also the mental and like try to make the best of it. Uh, it sounds like you're doing that. Um, what do you, is there like one or two things that you find to be like the most challenging as you are training in emergency medicine? Uh, the, the two hardest things to me, I would say um, one, just the, you know, the emergency medicine lifestyle, the rotating um, shift work and, uh, it's not as hard for me now, but when I first started residency, I can remember that being one of the more difficult things um, because you would switch from days and nights so frequently. Um, I would, I guess my circadian clock would get off. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of times I wouldn't even know what day it is. Uh, you know, I wouldn't know what day it is. Like, and I would look up and it's been a week since I, you know, touched base on something just because I'm so lost in what's, what's happening. Um, that was difficult. Uh, but, you know, I don't, you know, the you know, human body is amazing. You adjust, you know, you adjust to all kinds of things. And so I don't know, I feel like I'm adjusted or seasoned now, um, where that doesn't bother me as much. Um, you know, especially since it I mean, it just doesn't bother me as much, you know, like it used to. Mm -hmm. uh, but probably the most difficult aspect of residency, irrespective of emergency medicine, um, is the the working on holidays. Uh that was probably a big thing and it still is is difficult for me now. Um, and unfortunately, you know, in, in emergency medicine, the holiday is like the Super Bowl for us. So it's like that's yeah. that's the time when you you know you want to be at work so you can you know interact with things so if but i i knew that going into med emergency medicine um i would say uh in residency i don't necessarily know i, I expected that in residency as well yeah so it's a certain degree so it's it just you know it's, it's you gotta take the the bad with the good sometimes and that's, that's just the bad unfortunately yeah yeah i can see that like you feel like you're missing stuff family friends that uh, people that are not in your field, they're just kind of going along with their life and you just have to, yeah, you, you miss out for, for a while. I can see that being hard. What do you, what do you love about it though? What do, what do you love about? What uh, there's a lot of things I love and I, I'll, I'll keep it short. <laughs> so I, I, I have like a little spiel on this too. Um, I call them the three P's um, specifically about emergency medicine. Um, I like the people. 
I like the patients we get and I like the people that go into emergency medicine. Um, I find that especially select for like certain individuals a lot of times. Um, and, you know, um, I know you've seen Dr. Glockenflecken and his in rendition of an emergency medicine doctor. It, it selects mm -hmm. for those type of people. Um, I would say I'm that, that guy. You know, I, I work out before every shift. <laughs> just, just so I can get a, like get hyped up for the shift. So it's you know I, it's it's pretty on brand. Uh, so the people, uh, obviously like the pace. Uh, you know I'm one of these people. My, I like when my days are busy. Uh, mm -hmm. When the days are busy and fast, um, the days go fast for me. Um, so I don't mind you know coming into work and being on my feet. And sometimes I'll, I'll even see how many, how many calories can I burn during this shift or how many steps can I get in during a shift? You know, I, I come to work like that's almost, almost an extension of my workout to be honest. Uh, but it's, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm like excited for it, you know? And then the pathology, this is, and this is just my own, you know, me liking, you know, at medicine, but I feel like in, in emergency medicine, I can still deal with the whole spectrum of medicine. Um, I'm not specialized in one area. Um, I can, you know, deal with the guy who has a broken arm, next to a guy who's having a psychotic break, next to a guy who, you know, just found out they had cancer, um, next to someone who's homeless, you know? So it's, a, and their only problem is they're homeless. So it's, just, I, you know, I deal with all these different things in, in any given day, in any combination, uh, at varying speeds, speeds and difficulties. And so I, I love that. Mm. Um, so you take all that together and it makes me like emergency medicine. Um, and then, you know, I'm in a training environment, residency, where I'm at a hospital where I can do all these different things. So it's, it's even better for, for me, for me. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that you enjoy it so much. It's good. To, it's good for each of us to be able to find that if at all possible. Yeah. Um, do you mind if I ask, because, uh, you know, coming from a, like a financial planning standpoint, as you know, like, that's where my, that's how my brain tends to go. Um, did you have to take out loans for school? Is that something that you're having to manage kind of on the side while you are learning to do all this? I, I did take out loans. Uh, and I, I can't say I took out the most, but I, I took out enough where I am worried about it. <laughs> so I, I'm thankful for all these, uh, uh, like the student loan repayments being frozen. Uh, I'm incredibly grateful for that because I don't necessarily know. Like, I, I feel like if I was making student loan payments now, it would it'd make things harder for me. However, I will say this, though, since I did take those five years off in between, I have made student loan payments before. Um, so I've had had to do that in the past. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I am familiar with it. Uh, in terms of like planning, uh, you know, I can't, I can't say I've I, I planned, done anything in particular to plan. Um, it's like I know I know things you should do. I, you know, I know the general strategies. Uh, but, you know, truth be told, like residency takes up so much of my time. I haven't really sat and thought how I'm going to attack my loans, um, which, you know, I probably should, you know, um, but it just me personally, I just haven't, I haven't had really had the time to sit down and be like, okay, this is my plan. I have like an idea, you know, they always say live like a resident once you're an attending, you know, so you know, hopefully I'll do that. But, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a regular person who knows I could become an attending and start trying to live like an attending. So, you know, I, I think when I get to that point, I'll, I'll get more into it. Um, and I have some friends that are all recent grads, you know, and they, they can give me advice as well. So I, I think that's my plan for now. But I can't honestly say I've thought about it in depth yet. Yeah. You know, there there's not a lot to do. And the, the you know, the COVID relief pause has also made it such that, like, there's even an inability to take action. Like, I've had many 
residents say like, I'm trying to pick my income driven repayment plan and it won't let me. And I'm like, well, you know, like so much about the system is like all, it's just like, it's all gunked up. Like it's just, yeah. all, it's just stuck. Um, and now we're delayed until probably August. It said, they say June, but it's probably going to be August um, yeah. with uh, d- the delay of payments again. And so I, I, I mean, once it does actually end, which I don't, I have no idea when it's going to happen, but like the main, the, you know, the main things are just like, you got to pick, like, you got to pick an income driven repayment plan so that you can just survive and pay a minimal amount of training. And then once you get out and you start earning an attending paycheck, then you can look to refinance to a lower interest rate and then aggressively pay it off. That's essentially what it is, especially in emergency medicine for many, for many in emergency medicine, there are some PSLF or public service loan forgiveness options. Um, but like with the way in which so many hospitals hire emergency medicine docs, the opportunity to work directly for a nonprofit is reduced. So it's not so common where you would go for public service loan forgiveness. Um, so like the refinance and pay it off after training is much more likely, but, um, I, I appreciate what you mean when you say like residency takes so much of your brain space and time, like to plan on something that you can't do a whole lot about now anyway. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. 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 So, and you'll be able to act like when you graduate, uh, summer of 2024. Yep. Yeah. So like in that, that fall, it's like, and like the, the payments, like, I don't, like whatever your amount, debt amount is, but if you're in like a, you know, if you're a two, three, $400,000 range somewhere in there, you know, as an attending your, your payments to aggressively pay off, they're going to be like three, $4,000 a month, which sounds like that's like your entire paycheck right now. It is. But your opportunity for earning is so high as I'm sure you know like as you've heard yeah. that it'll be it'll be a chunk of your take home pay but you will be able to have a nice life and still knock it out yeah so it sucks it's a lot so i and i don't mean to diminish how it might feel and the stress of it um but i've seen so many success cases so mm-hmm. many it's going to be it'll be all right for what it's worth. <laughs> That's what I'm, I'm holding on to. <laughs> it, it'll figure itself out when I get to that point. And I, I know it can be done because other people have done it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, So. Question like that. I don't know if this is too uh, broad of a question, but like if you could look back on like what you're going to be doing over the course of the next 30 years in medicine, is there something that you want to be known for? Uh I, I want to be good. I want. I want to be good. Uh, I. I want to. You know, every every specialty and every residency program. I, I honestly believe this. There's always one old doctor still hanging around, who you know people tell stories like, "Oh, back in the day, they used to do like like legendary stories." You know, I want. I want to be one of those characters. You know, I want to be able to be like, "Hey, I was a med student during the the coronavirus, you know, pandemic, and you know, I was a." Uh, you know, I, I was a resident during monkeypox. You know, we had a lot of monkeypox down here. You know, I and I and personally saw that. You know, like you know, and I want to be, I want to have like good skills. I want to be a good doctor. You know, I don't necessarily have to be the top research guy. I don't have to be giving symposiums every, 
you know, every day, but I just want to be good at what I do. Um, actually, I, I don't say I want I'll be honest. I want to be excellent. I don't even want to be good. I want to be excellent. You know, I, I want to be the excellent at what I do. Um, and that's, that's my goal. Like, yeah. Well, I, um, I, that there, that you and so many of your colleagues are taking that approach to like, like, cause that's a real, that's, that's, you become someone who improves the lives of so many other people when they need it most. Uh, that's a, it's very much appreciated. Uh, I want you to know that for, from my, from my perspective, it's very much appreciated. Thank you. Um, now I can tell that like, obviously like you love emergency medicine. Um, if anyone is in medical school and they're trying to like decide which type of medicine they want to practice, why should they go into emergency medicine? What would you say? I mean, how much time do you got? You know, like I, I would argue that emergency medicine is a lifestyle specialty. Um, you know, you know, the typical back in the day, they had what was called the road specialties, which were the the lifestyle ones like radiology, opto, anesthesia and derm. Those were like the for sure going to be like the lifestyle specialties. Um, EMS, too. Uh, you know, there's a lot of myths, you know, that you don't have that much control over your schedule. You got to work nights and days. I mean, this isn't all the way true. Um, if you go through some of these companies, uh, you could tell them, hey, I only want to work days or, hey, I don't want to work any weekends. Uh, and they'll find somewhere, they'll find a place for you. Um, you know, and that's out there if you want that. And, and this is irrespective of pay and all the other things. You know, there's a lot of other factors go into it. But, you know, that's just some the baseline that's out there. Um, but other than that, it's like I the three P's, you know, if you like those three things, if you want to come to work with a, you know, a unique set of individuals, both patients and, you know, like even the people, the staff, like ER nurses, like, you know, like they're like a, a certain kind of like you, if you're in the nurse circles, you'll know the ER nurses are like a special breed of nurse, you know, versus, uh, you know, you have our techs, our RT, like everyone in the ED, like we're like a certain kind of person. And I, I, I love it, you know? So it's like, I come to work and it's like, Hey, I'm with my people, you know, um, I'm doing, and then I'm getting to do cool stuff. Like, you know, like I can do, you know, you, there's just some of the, so many things you can do in EM that aren't, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> you know, like just, just look up, um, if you're a med student, look up like scope, scope of practice for EM and you'll see all the things that we can do. Um, anything from, you know, C-sections all like now you don't want to be doing one of these, but it, like, you know, if you find yourself in one a situation where you have to do a, like a perimortem C-section, it's like, that's within our scope. The thoracotomy where you open the, the chest, that's within, within our scope. Uh, you know, it's, and then, you know, then you have your regular, your, like your belly pain, your chest pain. Like, I love a good belly pain. I love a good chest pain. You know, I, I like telling someone or I don't like telling them, but when they have like, hey, I have chest pain and I give them nitro and they're like, hey, my chest pain better. I like I like that, you know, like so you got the bread and butter stuff, you know, then you got the peds aspect of it, man. You like have kids, you know, like, hey, this guy, I diagnosed appendicitis on a kid just on physical exam. Like, you know, like like you have those aspects. So there's just so many different things that you can you can do so many niches. It just if, if you're one of these people that just, hey I just like it all like this is especially for you, so that's awesome. Yeah, well thanks for sharing. Um, is there uh, do do you happen to have like a like an anecdote or something in your experience that you feel would be encouraging for people in medicine to hear? Uh, I can just say my my own personal life. Uh, so I know. It, a lot of people like to hear cool EM stories, you know, and every EM doc has like a, a plethora of these. Um, 
but I'll, I'll say like, I'll, I'll, I'll say a less cool story. So I'll say for me, you know, I wasn't by no means was I the top of my class in, in med school or, or even an undergrad, you know, like I've always been like a middle of the pack kind of guy. Um, you know, I have my days where I'm like really good on the test. I have my days where I'm bad. But even despite all of that, you know, I still managed to match somewhere where I, I still managed to match one. And then not only that, I still managed to match somewhere where I wanted to go. Um, and I think that speaks, you know, cause there's a lot of med students out there who, and if they're like me, they, you know, it's tough. You know, you're surrounded by so many smart individuals. Like sometimes you might feel inadequate, like, like, Hey, you get the imposter syndrome, you know? And I had all that. Uh, and I somehow have made it here, you know? So I was like, I, you know, if anything, I try to make content for those kind of people so they can see like, Hey, you can be a regular guy and still like regular guy or girl and still make it, make it through. You know, you don't have to be like some super genius, you know, like top of the class all the time to make it into being a doctor. No, you can be a regular, regular person and get in the EM. Uh, I know tons of regular people who are nurses. Like it just, you know, if that's what you want to do, you know, you put the work in, you find out what needs to be done and you put the work in and then you, you do it and you get there. So I guess, you know, my whole life is the, is the anecdote. I wish, you know, I wish I could share more of it so people could see, you know, and I, I try to on Twitter, you know, without upsetting people, but you know, it's, that's, that's it. Um, but in terms of cool EM stories, if, if someone wants to hear one of those, uh, let's see. Everyone likes the the, the, the traumas. Those are the ones that really get people going, the the shooting, stabbings, and stuff. Um, but I, I like the medicine. I like the medicine. So, you know, you see a lot of stuff on TV. Um, you know, someone, like, goes has a heart attack, and then they, like, they they do something to him, and then they're like, oh, the guy wakes up and is like, hey, you saved my life. I'm like, that's not that's not what happens, right? Um, in real life, uh, you know, if you do save someone, uh, they typically, you know, they're, will be in the ICU and they'll be like, you know, sedated for a period of time. And then they'll make, maybe wake up a few days later mm -hmm. and like, oh, what happened. And then you have to tell them, Hey, this is, this is what happened. So I remember I had this guy one time who had been, uh, literally stabbed in the heart. Uh, literally he had been stabbed. Uh, the knife went in him in such a way that it went in between his ribs and punctured his, his ventricle. Oh, uh, and so this, you know, I'm surprised he made it. He made it all the way to the hospital when he did, but he he made it in the hospital and he was still, you know, alive. Uh, they down in the ED, they they did the the thoracotomy. That's where they, you know, they open him up. Uh, they go in, uh, and this was amazing because you know this was a, uh, you know, at the time we had so much stuff coming in that this was a, a resident who was doing this. Not even the attending doctor was doing this. This was a resident who was doing this. He opened the guy up. He was like, hey, this guy has a hole in his heart. We can't fix this down here in the ED. So we have to go to the OR. And so by chance, I wasn't on my EM rotation. I was on an ICU rotation. I was on a surgical ICU rotation. So I knew this guy was coming up. Uh, and typically surgical, surgical ICU, we run the ICUs. But sometimes if you're on the rotation, you can go into the OR if you want. So I actually went into the OR and saw saw this. Uh, and literally, I watched this guy who's one of my uh, one of my friends in residency. He literally sewed this guy, this guy's ventricle up. And so it was a hole. A picture of heart that's actually beating and while it's beating he's holding it with some tongs and, and sewing it like while it's moving and so this guy goes to the icu um they close him up um he sits in there about two days and like on the third day he wakes up talking fine it's like just fine and you know like i see stuff like that all the time you know his his story is not unique but it's you know just from coming in stabbed in the heart you know all these things happen to him and they're up and talking and this you know it's nothing short of a I, I say it's a miracle, man. There's a lot of things I see in medicine I can't explain. It's like, hey, that guy, you know, if you look up the stats, you know, people who get thoracotomies, they usually don't make it. So this guy had all of that happen, and then he survived, you know, and it's 
it's, it's almost amazing, you know? And like, yeah, the first part of that started in the ED and the second part was in the OR and then the third part was in the ICU and all that working together. It's, it's amazing. And, you know, I, I love medicine for that, you know? Yeah. I also like EM because I can rotate through all that stuff too. And I can see all of it. So it's just, it was, it was amazing to me. So. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I really, I really appreciate that you um, want to do this work at, uh, it makes a real difference uh, for for people and this like this man, like as you know, obviously it made it made a, a life changing difference for him. So, um, well, thanks a lot. Thanks for taking some time to talk with me. Uh, it was it was nice to get to know you better and uh, and to and to hear your perspective on your field. So keep up keep up what you're doing. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me.